This is episode 19, just a simple conversation between friends. Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, how you doing? Dude, it's been a while, no? It's been a minute, yeah. Um, and, and this is... Last week. No, we didn't. You're right. We, uh, we were slackers, for sure, last week. We were just kind of took a week off. But that's okay. It's good to see you. It's good to see yours. How are the chickens? That's they, what everybody wants. Dude, this is good. Okay, so I was listening to our last episode, and in the last episode, I announced that I got like two or three eggs that day, and I was pretty pumped about it. I literally had a 10-egg day yesterday. Dude, I'm getting chicken eggs like crazy. 10-egg day. Yeah, and today I got eight. The day before that, I got nine. At like day before my 10 egg day. So chickens are good. Chickens are good. However, one randomly escaped the other day and I have no idea how I walked back there to just check on him. And one was just walking around breakfast, the chicken of all breakfast. chickens. I think breakfast would probably fly. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, I, I have the top fenced. Like it's fenced uh, all the way around. Like it's a dome. So maybe anyway, like Dude, if they did, I couldn't find it, man. So, but breakfast like what is my dog has now done is yeah. he likes to dig holes, convince a different dog to go out the hole and, and stay in the yard. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. No, so they're good overall. It sounds like Jack is conniving and, and overall good as well. Yeah. Hasn't changed. Yeah. All the same. Dude, this is a uh this is a unique episode because while it sounds it sounds like it's just you and me. Right now, but uh, it's not. But I see another person on the screen right now. Seriously, if you look to your left, that. yeah, if you look <laughs> to your left, you see him very close. Yeah, we are, Dude, we're only like six inches. Yeah, not obeying. <laughs> not at all. Not I'm gonna throw me under the bus like that. You, Sorry. you're not even. Obeying. I don't know anything about this guy, but I know he doesn't do social distancing. No, no, no. In general, I do. Just in this moment, I'm not. No, and yeah, honestly, if I was a middle school school dance chaperone, I'd probably separate you two a little bit. Uh, we're not that close. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty close, man. Leave room for Jesus, all right? Yeah, all it just looks like that on the camera. Oh, now he's touching me. Uh, <laughs> you've heard his voice, but let's properly introduce him. Our yeah. good, good friend. We call him Stewie. I'm not sure he appreciates that. He likes to go by Stewie. Stewie is the new one. Uh, for his friends back in Nashville, but our editor and our great friend, this is Christian Stewart McKee. Thanks for having me on, guys. We're excited. Yeah, it's so Uh, good. We used to call him our producer. Yeah. Uh, He has corrected me on numerous occasions. He wants to be called our editor because he wants no credit of what we took him out of attached to him. (laughs) I think it's fair. (laughs) We're learning the biz, you know, and uh, and that's part of it. But anyway, Stuart, we used to play play uh, spike ball together often. We used to hang out at cookouts often. That was like the last thing we actually did before you went. Cookouts. Okay, spike ball. Yeah, we played spike ball right before you left. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you left Colorado and then I did. Josh, you're next, bro. You're next. Uh, I like it here, guys. Yeah, so that's true. I don't even, and you guys can always come back, so that's an option as well. Yeah. So Stuart, what, uh, I wish I was there so bad. Then we'd have three mic problems, but I wish I was there. Um, Stuart, what have you been doing in Colorado? How do you find yourself sitting next to Josh? And, uh, well, I know how you find yourself on the show, but what have you been up to, man? Why are you in uh, Colorado again? That is a great question. Um, first of all, it's been a couple of years. And so it was just time. Um, and I came up to see a buddy of mine. I had an extra week and I've started editing podcasts a lot. And in doing that, I got some flexibility. I can fly and drive around. And I really missed Josh a lot. Just found myself crying at night <laughs> and just couldn't explain it. I thought he was being serious for a second. <laughs> I sent him a message and was just like, man, it's time. <laughs> I'm coming out. Yes. Well, 
I'm glad you're here. That's all I'm trying to say is I'm glad you're here. Uh, yeah, he us. has like a whole business now. We're yeah. his non-paying client. He has a fair amount of paying clients. Well, uh, that he said in his podcast. He's going to monetize us soon. I can feel it. I can feel it already. I'm going to have to edit all this out. <laughs> Why is this bad? <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of joking, kind of not. It's nice to have Stuart here while we record. Then he's like, "Oh, I'll go into minute six and I'll just delete everything before that." Don't delete everything before that. Come on, now let's be authentic. But Andrew, right? you had a great idea. As we get together as friends to kind of just um, maybe evaluate where we're at, look at what Jesus is speaking to us individually, and just kind of share that. Yeah, I mean, I it's been a while, and uh, and you guys are just coming off of a retreat um, that that you you know kind of put together and led pieces of. Josh, you put together. Stuart, you led worship and were part of it. So I just felt like it might be a really good time to to do a conversation around what is God saying to you. Um, that kind of idea doesn't have to be like the audible. This is what God told me yesterday, but. Maybe it is. I don't know. So um, I just figured we could catch up and, and talk about that. I have a tiny bit prepared on it, but more than anything, I was hoping that with you bros coming off a retreat, you might have some great, like, this is what God spoke to me, or this is um, what I learned about myself or something in that time. So that's a rough topic. Um, it's not a rough topic. It's like a rough setup for a topic. It's a great topic. That's the rough setup for the for a good topic, I guess we, we should go. say, right? Um, yeah, so yeah. we, I, we, I mean, a buddy and I hosted what we called the Jesus Getaway up in beautiful Breckenridge, Colorado, one of my favorite towns to visit. And yeah. this house that we rented did not disappoint, and Breckenridge did not disappoint, and the amazing people did not disappoint. But Stuart was already coming out to hang out with a friend this week that he likes a lot more than me, but I won't be hurt by. Uh, hey, wait, wait. Can I just – I'm going to break in there. This podcast cannot be an opportunity for you to say things about me, but then I don't have an opportunity to speak into it. You know what you I'm saying? Work, you can literally stop in and say whatever you want. And that's what I'm doing. I just want to let you know. Every time you do that, I'm going to be jumping in. Because usually we take shots at Stuart for those listening uh, – just between Andrew and I, and he just hears them in the edit and cuts them out. But um, <laughs> now he's alive, he can defend himself. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah. uh, but we're up in Breckenridge for the Jesus getaway. Really, we spend a lot of time talking about the idea between performance and trust. Uh, hmm. How do we perform for Jesus or self-reliance or self-effort compared to how do we live in relationship with Jesus? Um, and it was a hmm. great weekend. Uh, but Stu was coming out to see a friend. That's what it was. Uh, he's like, hey, I'm going to actually be out the week before. And I said, how sweet would it be if we could get Stuart to lead worship for us with a bunch of people that know him? Yeah. Uh, and, let, you know, he led worship for it years past. And it's just a nice moment of reminiscing. Uh, but the weekend was great. It was a great opportunity to kind of look to the past and remember great stories. Um, and then also kind of look to the future and dream about what could be. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a great weekend for us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me out, man. Oh, thanks for coming out, my my friend. Yeah, that's awesome. When you like, uh, Josh, you were a pastor for a long time. Uh, like, you've led a lot of retreats, but how much? I guess I'm just curious. Like, when you're when you're leading people through that type of experience, like, do you feel like God speaks to you more in the in the preparation for that time, or as you're? Like delivering, I know you're not just like preaching constantly or whatever, but you're you're leading, right? So, do you feel like God speaks to you more as you're preparing for the weekend, or as you're actually like delivering the content, or do you have a good method to like go through it with people? Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it depends on what the structure of the retreat is. So generally, um, because there's so many moving parts on the retreats that I've planned in the past, most of Jesus speaking happens before we ever get to the retreat. And I'm just trying to execute and get through it. Um, But this retreat, we kind of took a different approach to So we spent a lot of time in conversation. Um, I didn't preach at all. Um, I kind of set up the weekend and that was really the only talking that I did uh, for everybody. And we split into groups, but um in environments like that, uh, I was definitely able to engage the conversation and let Jesus speak more than in just the planning. Though, like 
the topics that we chose to cover um, have been something that have been brewing inside of me and Jesus speaking inside of me for the last six months to a year. So it's just kind of helping other people experience what I've experienced. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Jesus was definitely moving. It was a good weekend. Cool, man. Yeah. I just, I've never led through that type of, I mean, I've, I've led in like the volunteer. I'm a side of that, you know, I'm a part of those things, but I've never been out front essentially for them. So I was just curious. Stuart, in the same way, like leading worship, um, if you don't know people, uh, Stuart led worship with, um, with us, uh, when we served together in ministry, all three of us, uh, he led worship for quite a while, couple years, two, three years. Um, that's how we got to know each other was serving together. So when you're leading, uh, worship in general, like, I don't know, do you feel like God's speaking to you in that time or is it just something you're like gifted to lead in? Like, I don't know. Talk to me about that. That's a great question. I want to say that my aim in just being there and facilitating the singing of songs is really, it's a communal thing. And so for me, the the beauty of it and the experience is hearing other people say things about who God is hmm. all, all at the same time and just kind of reaffirming and reconnecting in the faith um, by all committing kind of to... And that's why, you know, lyrics are just really important, I guess, when you're uh, choosing songs. You want to make sure that basically you're just setting the stage for good conversation about who God is and, mm. and what God, God has done. And so I think this weekend, the biggest thing I was looking to do was just find a few songs that were approachable. And then, you know, as the weekend goes on, I don't want to say that somehow Josh and I sat for three hours and planned out every topic and because that would be a lie. Yeah. Um, but just being attuned to what God's doing and... yeah. Um, not getting in the way of that and not yeah. making it about a worship experience. That's good. And like, like, isn't that the secret so often though? Like, I think this is where we struggle as, as leaders inside the church is we feel this need to create disciples of ourselves rather than help people become disciples of Jesus. Um, and I think Stuart did that great. And he just explained it great in terms of like, it's not my job to get people to follow me. It's my job to set the stage and then get out of the way. Um, so I think that's a lot of what happened this weekend and there's a lot of great conversation that happened. And I know there's a lot of pondering, uh, that happened, you know, comments like, you know, I haven't prayed this much in a day, not organized, organized prayer because we didn't have a ton of that, but I didn't pray this, you know, as much as I did over the last couple of days that I've prayed in years. Um, so I think it was a, a healing experience for many and one a reconnection for many, but let's kind of get back to the topic at hand and what is Jesus kind of teaching you? Yeah, I was, so it's funny, I put this out as we should do this discussion, uh, and I didn't have, I didn't have a great answer for it, um, but I was thinking about it, because I knew we were going to talk about this tonight, and um, man, a couple days back, three, four days back, um, Psalm 33, uh, I listened to that, I was, like, while I was getting ready in the morning, I listened to, like, a bunch of Psalms that day. And um, Psalm 33 was one of them. And uh, I guess in this season, um, there's just a lot of, of demands on my life and a lot of responsibility on my life. We joke about the 16 chickens, but dude, I care about them. I don't want to let them die. I don't want their food to be out or water to be out. And that's just one of, of many, many things on top of like raising a toddler, trying to be a good husband, working to provide for my family. Um, trying to make good decisions. I don't know. It's just one of many of the responsibilities kind of in my life. I was feeling kind of the weight of just responsibility in my life um, a few days ago. And I was starting to get, uh, starting to put myself too much in the seat of, I actually control stuff in my life. Um, starting to think I control things that I don't starting to have some kind of fears and anxieties over things that are totally out of my control. Um, like the job situation I've talked about in the past, there's a job I'd love to have that I interviewed for that uh, got all the way to the final and, and other people did as well. We still have no idea who's going to get a, an offer or if there anyone will get an offer. Um, so there's, there's that kind of hanging in the background of like, 
You could provide better for your family with this. You could do more with this. It'd be more uh, stimulating and difficult. All these things that are like things that I want, ambitions I have that I start to worry about. And, uh, and I can't control at the end of the day at all. So there was a lot of that kind of creeping up in my mind. And, uh, when I heard Psalm 33, um, there was a chunk of it, uh, verses 13 through 22, which I'll read. Um, it says from heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all of mankind from his dwelling place. He watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in the hope of the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Um, and that's just been like going through my my mind a lot of times, especially that line about like um, a war horse can't save you, even though it's super strong. That doesn't matter. So that that's been going through my mind. And honestly, um, it's just been me trying to I feel like God is saying to me. You can't control this stuff. <laughs> Don't try. It's just going to stress you out, you know? Um, and he hasn't spoken that audibly, but he gave me Psalm 33 to, to literally listen to and think about. And it's just kept coming back and back and back in my mind. So, um, like last night, I was rocking my daughter in the middle of the night. And uh, when she was awake, crying about whatever and uh, trying to get her back to sleep. And the worry and fear was starting to creep back up about things I can't control. And I thought about that passage and just said, God, I can't control this stuff. You can take it from me. Like, I don't want to worry about it. I know I shouldn't worry about it because I know I can't control it. So somewhere yeah. in all of that is what I think God's saying to me kind of this week. What about you guys? That's good. I think we said it in the last episode, if I remember it correctly, but there's like this direct correlation with what we try to control to how much we worry. And this kind of leads into even what Jesus has been speaking to my life over the last six months um, is just the importance of relationship and the importance of trust inside of relationship, not just with him, like the vertical, but also in the horizontal and the level that we should be living in trust and vulnerability and honesty with one another is just as important with God himself. And I think for most Christians, we probably do a much better job, the, the vertical, um, than the horizontal yeah. because it feels safer, but I don't think we do a good job of the vertical. Yeah. And I think that's the piece that Jesus has really been showing me. Like um, I was at a conference a few weeks ago and someone just made this, the comment or statement, you know, this whole thing is about relationship. Um, and he says, someone, you know, open anywhere in the Bible, kind of the whole split it up with your fingers and put your finger on a, on a page. Uh, and it's going to be about relationship. So the guy does it and essentially it's relationship, right? Like um, Jesus has asked in, in the gospels, what's the greatest uh, commandment? And it's Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Like it's relationship, it's relationship with God and it's relationship with one another. Um, and, I think that's just what Jesus has been really leaning into me on over the last few months of how do I have better relationship with Jesus? And we've talked about this right over the podcast. Like yeah. we've heard it, you know, we went through spiritual disciplines and we talked about spiritual disciplines because of the um, importance of those things to develop relationship, not to do those things, but the result of those things should be my goal. Um, and that's more relationship with Jesus. Uh, and I, spend a lot more time being vulnerable about who I am, what I'm fearing, what I'm thinking about with Jesus than I ever have at any point in my life. And I spend a lot less time in worry or fear about things. Like, and this is kind of where we set up this, this retreat, this getaway this last weekend was Jesus told um, those standing around him that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come and give you life and give it to the full. Or others are just saying to give you the abundant life. And, you know, I look around at, at Christians and that's not what seems to be the case. 
they don't seem to have a full life or an abundant life or an exciting life, uh, a life where they're like, man, because I never thought any of these things were possible, not in the sense of prosperity, but in the sense of depth, in the sense of meaning and those kinds of things. Um, so I think that's a big piece of this. Like, it feels a lot more like killing, destroying, and, and stealing, right? Um, so it's helping others find that, that full life that Jesus promised us. And I think a big portion of that full life is stop trying to do it on your own. It's not about self-effort. It's 100% about living inside of the grace that Jesus provided through sacrifice on the cross and inside relationship with him. And then the other side of that is got to love other people to do the same. The tricky part is that all of what you said, I know and I agree with, and I've been in agreement for a long time on those things. But then I find myself at 2 a.m. rocking my daughter back to sleep and fear and worry starts creeping up. We literally just talked about fear and anxiety recently. Um, And you're right, man. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's that I'm not leaning into relationship enough. So God is teaching me this lesson of don't try to control what you can't control. You know, I got it. I know about it. I'm aware of it. I'm present in it. All of that. But um, anyway, that's a good reminder for me. Um, yeah. I think it's important just to say for a second, you know, when we're emphasizing relationship with God, I think it trips a lot of people up because we understand what it means to have a relationship with the person sitting next to you. We understand what it means to have a relationship with a family member, a friend, because they're human. And so, it seems like we get really tripped up just on the concept and the language of how does God relate with us and how do we relate to him? And obviously the great example of God relating to us is becoming like us, which is huge. But another piece I think it's important to think about is how does God talk about our relationship in his word? And it seems to be like a familial relationship. Hmm. And so yeah. being, under, being able to understand that God sees this as a father-son, father-daughter relationship. God sees this as being co-heirs. And, you know, I have not gotten wrapped up in a will yet. But when that happens, I will have a deeper understanding of these kind of things. And so when we say have a relationship with God, it's so easy for people to get to the pleasing God because there's not great context for what kind of relationship that is. Yeah, that's good. That is good. And that's the hardest part of this concept of this idea is I don't, know what terminology you use that redefines it for you because the terminology I'm using, if you've spent any time in the church, you've heard this your entire time you've been there. Like God sent his son Jesus to restore relationship. Um, But it's, there's a different piece to this of what relationship really means. Like in familia, I think that's a part of it. And I I always ask new dads, um, like now that you have a daughter, now they have a son, like, has that changed your view of God, the father, you know, of you. Um, and some do, some don't, it kind of depends on the person, but I think there's something really of that. I do absolutely anything, uh, right. For my daughter to, to win, to succeed, or I do absolutely anything for my son. Like it's the same thing that God looks at us. Like I absolutely 100% with all of his being loves us. He's not going to love us anymore and he's not going to love us any less. And do we sit inside that love? Like one of the concepts we talked about this weekend was, um, I believe that God loves me. But when I screw up, I think he likes me a little less. Hmm. And I don't know if we fully, I think that's a a hard topic to embrace, but at the same time, like there's really something to it. Like when I sin, you feel this temptation to beat yourself up. I'm a horrible person, God. And in God's responses, I sent, I sent my son Jesus to take care of that. It's done. It's over with. Move on. Um, Hmm. Live inside the grace that I've provided rather than this self effort of, I have to, eradicate all sins in my life right like you know you could even take take the example of sexual sin because it's the easy one right everyone knows how to how it's dealt with and we all feel the temptation of it and inside of sexual sin like the solution to it always was fight the temptations fight the triggers it's all about self-effort white knuckle this thing and get it down and get you know down to the root and then you you're a good christian 
But in reality, Jesus loves you in the midst of the sin, um, and Jesus loves you in the midst of you committing these these acts. Um, he's right there with you in the midst of these committing these acts. Um, and it's not actually about the acts themselves, right? Um, and you've heard this said. And I just never thought it was enough in terms of fighting sexual sin um, of you just have to lean into more relationship with Jesus. Like if I lean into more relationship with Jesus, uh, it starts to rewire my brain, um, the things that I want, the lies that I've believed. And it, the fight becomes less and less and less against my temptations. Um, and you're like, that's not enough. Right. That's usually our response. You're like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds very yeah. up in the clouds and kind of bullshit. Um, like that can't be all. There's got to be something I have to do. And I think that's the big piece that Jesus teaches me. It's not about self-effort. It's not about performance. I'm not a safe sinner. I'm a saint that still sins. And there's a big difference between the two, right? Like that's where I need to live inside of. And when I live inside of a relationship and I really start to love Jesus more than I love the sins that are around me, well, the sins that are around me are less of a temptation. Because yeah. one of the lies that we believe is the sin is going to give me greater pleasure than my relationship with Jesus. Um, and when that starts to shift and change, you're like, Oh no, no, no. Like my relationship with Jesus, what's the most important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's the whole idea and you know, it's like Christians have this um, mm-hmm. belief down at salvation. There's nothing I can do um, that's going to restore me back to the creator because of my sin. Yeah. Um, and I believe in faith that Jesus was who he said he was, did what he said he was going to do. And I am forgiven. Yeah. But then somewhere along the way, that's not enough. And I start to take the reins back and I say, it's up to me to combat sin in my life. It's up to me to white knuckle this and self-effort this yeah. and perform better. And then God's going to love me more and I'm going to be closer to Jesus. But none of that's true. Like Jesus sacrificed on the cross, restored relationship. I'm now a new creation. I have all of Jesus I'm ever going to get. And it's an expansive amount, like an infinity amount. And I have it all right now in the midst of my sin as a new creation. And I think that's the hard piece for people to grab, but man, is it freeing when we get it right? Like that's the thing where I get to live in abundance in trust in essentially worry free uh, life because I know my God is in control and I'm in relationship with a God that deeply loves me, that always likes me no matter my actions. Yeah. I, you know, something I think people get confused on. And I love that you brought this part of the topic is that it seems like we as believers apply the same thing in salvation that we do in in the walking with God. And so the concept that you had of everyone who has truly come to see the sweetness of the grace of Jesus came to it from a perspective that they had nothing to offer him. Hmm. That is not um, unnatural to the human and Christian experience. But yeah. this concept that when you sin, when, when you've crossed the line, or you have this understanding that a line has been crossed. But when you cross the line and you sin against God and you don't feel close to him, that somehow you put the pre, I want, I'm going to call it pre-salvation. I don't know if that's the best term, but you put this pre-salvation concept hmm. on this post-salvation relationship, hmm. which is um, that sin in the beginning is what separated us from God and created um, not only not the relationship, but an internal posture of being wrong against being unrighteous and unable to be with God. And so it seems like the biggest hurdle for believers, including myself, is to somehow not apply this old concept to this new relationship. Because it's easy to go, I can feel close to God, my sin exists, therefore somehow we're just Adam and Eve back in the garden eating the apple again. And somehow we feel like the whole thing needs to happen again in order for us to be right. And uh, man, I struggle with that. Yeah, I think we all do. But yeah, there's so much freedom in that. That's good. That's really good. And Stuart, as you were talking, I... uh, Something popped in my mind um, earlier. I was um, I was grilling outside. I was grilling some food for dinner, and my daughter was out there running around. And we have all these plants like right next to the porch, and she knows that those are not plants you can eat. 
but we have a garden. So she kind of thinks in the back of her mind, all plants are things you can eat, you know? So um, basically uh, she leans down and rips a leaf, um, like a huge leaf, rips it right off, right out of the ground. And, uh, and I'm like, Hey, you can't do that. That's not, you can't eat that. Catherine, stop. Like, don't do that. Don't rip these leaves, you know? And I take it away from her, put it away. And uh, 30 seconds later, she runs back over there, rips two out, you know? And I said out loud to her, um, I was like, actually, I just said it to myself because I felt like I was talking to myself. I just said, um, I feel like y- you just don't even hear me. <laughs> sometimes but then in the back of my mind i'm like but if i say there's a snack or do you want a cookie or something it's like you clearly hear me um because that's what i was thinking was like you you hear me but you're not listening you know like i just feel like you're not hearing me so often and uh and as you were talking Stuart, i was just thinking like out of this like familial context with god as our father how often man does he do stuff or say stuff in our life. And not that he like looks in all frustrated at us and says, I feel like you don't even hear me, <laughs> you know, but how often, um, at least for me, I feel like pretty often he probably could look at me and be like, you only hear me when you help you, when you want to hear me, <laughs> you only hear what I'm saying when you want to hear what I'm saying, when you're trying to hear what I'm saying, when that answer suits you, Andrew. Um, but, when I tell you not to rip that leaf again, <laughs> you know, it's like you didn't even hear me. It's like I didn't say anything. So I don't know. That just popped in my mind for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's that proper view of our sin and, and Jesus sacrifice for that sin, right? Like God calls things sin because of the destruction that they cause, not in just our lives, but in the lives of those around us. Um, So like it's out of a place of great love that he gives us commands, avoid these things. And like, and I think that's the piece we constantly miss. Like, I feel like it's this list that I'm just trying to complete and then I'm a good person. Um, And Jesus said, no, 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 you're already a new creation. Like I'm already in you through my spirit. Like there's nothing else you need to do. Um, But these sins are going to cause destruction. Like, and I love you enough to tell you that avoid these things or they're going to cause destruction. And I think that's where we, we constantly miss Mm -hmm. it. But let me read this This is Colossians. So this is Paul writing to the Colossians uh, chapter two. And it says, we were all dead in our sin. This kind of, in our conversation, Um, but that we were all dead in our sins and in this, and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, essentially meaning just not of God yet, made you alive with Christ. He forgave us of all of our sins he canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away and nailed it to the cross. And I think we believe that it's salvation, but we don't believe that moving forward. Hmm. And I think there's so much freedom when we choose to believe that my sin is taken care of. Now, we still confess our sin. We still ask for yeah. Jesus to do We confess our sins to one another because of relationship and because of yeah. restoration. Um, but even in the midst of those moments, like God's not saying, uh, I don't like you, or God's not saying uh, you are not enough um, because you've fallen short. He's saying, no, no, you're already a new creation. I've already taken care of these things. They're done. They're over with. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, and I think we miss that often. That's good. It That's reminds great. me of, I don't remember what C.S. Lewis book it is. Maybe you can help me out here, but there's a group of, it's an allegory. There's a group of people on a bus from hell trying to go to heaven, right? And as they enter into God's presence, they start to just become these hollow, faded versions of themselves because they're not what's really real. And it's this idea that sin is not what's really real. Hmm. Um, and people who engage in sin are engaging in something that's got an expiration date on it. Man, so yeah, this concept of really just understanding what God says about you and who you are and who he is, because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's really going to be left over. That's good. If, if that makes kind of the 
point that you're trying to make. It's just this concept that if we allow our sin to, if we treat our sin differently than God does it, we're, we're not engaged in reality. We're playing a game. And so the goal of the, I don't want to say the purpose, but the effect of sin on the believer is an opportunity to come back and and almost recommit with God of seeing it the way he sees it. That makes sense. Yeah. Instead of seeing it the way we see it. Yeah. I think to kind of tag onto that, I think oftentimes we think our job as Christians is to sin less. And Jesus didn't ask us to sin less. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Lean into relationship. Trust me. Like, that's where we live inside of, uh, like, that's the goal of our lives as followers of Jesus. Like, this Jesus life is about relationship. It's about diving into relationship with Jesus. It's about diving into relationship with with each other. Sin is a part of that story. Um, And hopefully we're learning things along the way, and Jesus is maturing us as new new creations to combats in that is destructive in our lives and the lives around us. But the goal isn't to be moral people. The goal isn't to sin less. The goal is to be in more deeper relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. My only qualification with that would be, as we look in scripture, it's not that God asks us to sin more or less, but um, I mean, you get a lot of go and sin no more. So there's this piece of, it's not about, And this is, I guess, where if you start to feel a little complicated, but it's not about be good enough to get over this bar. And then I feel like, then I'm God, and I feel like you're doing enough where you really appreciate the gifts I gave to you. There's this concept, and it's the concept of fruit um, and being divine and kind of being grafted in, which is the concept that you're talking about, Josh, which is, be so connected to the vine and allow the true vine's life to come in you and sustain you and then watch the fruit. And that's not a negative command. It's not don't do this, don't do that. It's be in this and then walk in love, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And he gives us the ability to do that as we remain in him. We don't offer that to him as a cool gift. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think the last point of what you said, Stuart, is is key and is gold of just, we don't do that. You know, we are called, uh, Jesus often would say, therefore go and sin no more. Um, to people that he had just healed from physical things. Okay, go now send no more, you know? And it was like this, what the heck are you saying? Like said no more. Um, I've always sent some and I've always sacrificed some. So what do you mean go and send no more? And man, that was really good. The way you said that of just like you're grafted in uh, to the body of Christ. You're grafted into um, God himself in a way. Therefore, go and sin no more through his power, not through being perfect and not through trying to get to the, if I just commit only seven sins today, I'm good. You know, not to try to pass the test because it's not up to you whether you pass the test or not. Um, it's it's what Jesus did on the cross that, that matters. You already passed the test. Therefore, go and sin no more. You know, yeah. like um, he also says that. I don't because know. Because he's on the planet and he's trying to not make a point, but he's trying to help people understand uh, which is it easier to say? Pick up your mat and walk, or your sins are forgiven. That's good. I'm going to be able I'm to show you I'm able to do the second one. I'm going to show you the first yeah. one. And so I do think that this command to hmm. go and sin no more is for the person in the story, and it's for yeah. us. I think it's a truth that applies to believers. But I also think that he was. Yeah, up to something and trying to show kind of in the prodigal son, you got the older brother. He was kind of trying to show a different group of people something yeah. in being able yeah. to make that claim. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. No, that's true. That's good. Good. Yeah. Oftentimes we take the position though, of the older brother, right? Like in the story of the prodigal son and essentially the story of the prodigal son, if you're, you're new to this Christian life um, is the younger son kind of turned his back on the figure of God in the story, which was the dad um, ran away with his inheritance, kind of squandered it all. And then came back with his tail between his legs and the father just welcomed him with open arms. The older brother was like, what the heck Jesus or what the heck father, like you had this big party for him, but you wouldn't even give me this. And his statement to him was, you know, uh, when, when you know, your brother was lost and now he's found and where that's going to be celebrated. You have everything that, that I have. Um, why are you upset? This was a good tangent. And I feel like I, uh, I don't know if this is a tangent or just the whole point of the conversation. Um, but I don't know. Is there, I'm just curious with you guys, is God, is God speaking anything to you uh, these days or, or recently um, that I don't know that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in. I think I'm learning a lot right now. I'm kind of drinking through a fire hose in my faith, and to get the kind of wide, the far away picture view. Um, you know, most of my doubts and issues and just insecurities in my faith come from an intellectual standpoint of like God. This doesn't make sense, God, and since you don't make sense. You can't be real. And so I would say that the last only five, six, seven, eight years of my faith has been very um, feelings oriented. It's like if you're going to have a relationship with me, uh, come do it. And what I can feel of it um, is what is how I'll know that you're really there because I don't understand you. And that leads to a faith that is very circumstantial. Because you have to get together with believers and you have to sing the song and you have to pump mm-hmm. yourself up and you have to feel close to God. And I think God is, um, I guess, using the last year or so of my life to um, re-engage him in some way, intellectually, or just with my mind, to be able to understand that how he represents himself in the Bible is sufficient and um, helpful is the wrong word, but that he's created, he hasn't rigged the system against me in a way where I can't understand the most important parts about who he is. And so a lot of, I think what I've been experiencing is, um, so that's the fire hose part. It's even understanding what is sin, who is God, what is the, what is the scripture um, kind of those big concepts. And I think something that I've really been focused on the last, I guess, couple of weeks is a concept that lives at my church, which is this idea of um, if you want to create an environment where people um, have the ability to grow closer in relationship with Christ, which is what we're talking about, you need the gospel and safety and time. You need all three of those things. Um, and for me, that has been an important kind of equation that I've been walking around with the last few weeks. And I think the biggest piece right now that I'm kind of honed in on is this safety piece. Um, you know, for example, the greatest example, Jesus Christ was incredible at creating safe environments for people to be with him and for people to hear the good news of who he was. And... um I, I, so I think, you know, being able to go to this retreat and just hearing what God's doing in Josh and how he wanted to use that retreat, it was a lot about um, faith versus, what was the other word you used? Uh, works. Performance. 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 Love that word. Um, yeah. And this concept of a performing environment is not a safe environment to understand who Christ is. Because it's so anti-Christ. And so, for me, mm-hmm. I think a lot of what I've been focusing on lately is walking into environments and just really trying to understand how do we create an area where people can be sa- feel safe to be themselves. And it takes, and I think some Josh kind of, I learned from this weekend, 
There's nothing I can do to walk into a room and then boom, something clicks and everybody just feels safe and all this stuff just starts pouring out. It's really an exercise in some ways. It's a muscle that we are so bad at. Hmm. Um, But it's the muscle that allows us to trust Christ because I don't feel safe because I don't feel like God is safe at some Hmm. level, or at least if I can't trust you, I just don't have the muscle to trust Christ. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's been yeah. the thing that just keeps coming at me again and again and again. Is you have to pursue safety because until you do, hmm. you're going to stay in your shell. Yeah. And that's what you're really good at. Yeah. Um, and, and to yeah. kind of like tack onto that, like that safe environment doesn't happen by accident. Like someone has to take the first risk. Like I have to model uh, open, vulnerable, honest me. Uh, with the good and the bad, all that it is with other people. And that's the terrifying part, right? But that's the only way that we get that safe environment is someone has to model it so it can be safe. And there's risk in that. Um, But the second it's modeled and others kind of catch the vision that they start to function inside of it as well. And now you have real honest conversation. Stuart, I'm just glad uh, you're still here. As you were, as you were, uh, talking about being in a space of like feeling driven, uh, relationship with Jesus. I don't know. I didn't say it as well as you said it, but as you were talking about being that space in that space where it was like more about, I feel it. So I believe it's true. And I just feel like that's a, that's a, a spot that's really like precarious to be in, I guess. And, uh, a lot of people don't come from back from that. And, and I think, I think most people don't come back from that. Um, honestly. And I think that like, if you want to know my primary, one of my primary goals with this podcast is that I, I hope somebody who's on the edge of not coming back from that listens to this and, and decides to re-engage with God in a real way decides like, Oh, I can actually live out this Jesus life, not to be cliche, but I can live out this Jesus life in a real way as a normal person, as a person people want to be around, maybe. Um, and I can, I can actually do this. It's not just something that I experienced in youth camp and not just something that I have to do because my parents say I have to be in church. It's like, no, fast forward to young adult, mid middle-aged adult, whatever, um, who is like, I don't know, for the last while, it's just been feelings based and I'm not feeling it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like it's easy to not feel it. So when I say I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you are kind of, I'm glad you're here, man. Like I'm, I'm glad you're digging in and, and learning, uh, what these Jesus rhythms are about in a different way. And to me, that's like, I haven't thought about how Jesus was great at creating a safe place for people to be very much, but it's awesome that he's teaching you that. Mm. So glad you're here, man. Well, and I think to like, I think a lot of Christians are there. Maybe they don't realize it, but like, I think this is one of the reasons you're seeing the, the uh, charismatic movement kind of, explode right now is it's this, I need to feel Jesus. Um, and I feel Jesus by worship or I feel Jesus by, uh, experimental prayer. I feel like there's all these different things that like, it's feeding that feeling beast inside of us. And, um, you know, I I look at my own life and I have been right there. So I get how you can get there. Um, but man, the depth of relationship when you live inside of uh, grace and truth and, um, there's less like feelings for lack of a better term involved. Um, like that's where things start to get fun and real where you're like, Oh yeah. Like sure. Life sucks right now. I feel that uh, if it does, it doesn't for me right now, but if it did, uh, but at the same time, the depth of relationship and more importantly, better, better word is trust that I have with Jesus um, is the thing that kind of reignites and pushes me uh, through hard seasons. awesome dude that's pretty exciting stuff Stewie. God's moving yeah Uh, yeah and 
I think he's motivating all of us in different ways. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of time perspective to to be able to see those things, but um, he's constantly speaking and he's constantly teaching us. Um, And there's definitely depth of relationship. We choose to start trusting him rather than trying to perform for him. Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, I don't know. I, uh, one other thought that I, that I had, um, about this kind of discussion was that maybe like in our lives, there are more macro themes of what God is teaching us. And there's like small examples that pop up Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, <laughs> you know, like in our day to day normal life experience. I think there's small stuff like the Psalm 33 thing that I talked about. That's like, I don't know if a month from now I'm going to be thinking about Psalm 33 a lot, but this week I have been, you know, um, but in the last nine months to year almost, I've been thinking a lot about like, I don't hear God loudly speaking in my life, but I hear him. I feel him (laughs) to uh, go back to what you were saying, Stuart. I feel, and I, I understand things more deeply about God these days, I guess. And maybe that's because like I have my patience stretched with a toddler and, uh, and feel responsibility and all these things. And I'm just, I'm learning the lessons that I'm learning the things I already knew to be true, but at a deeper level in my life. So I feel like in this season, God is just reteaching me or teaching me in a way I can hear a little bit better. Um, all the things that I've that I should already know. <laughs> He's just very kindly reteaching me these lessons deeper. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah. 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 So, um, when we talk about worship, um, there, I think I talked about this on the podcast, but I was listening to a podcast and I was holding my daughter and in this podcast, a piano was being played and, uh, he was singing a Pink Floyd song. Um, and the lyric was, so you think you can tell heaven from hell, um, blue star or blue skies from, from rain, blah, 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 keeps going from there. And that line of, so you think you can tell heaven from hell. Uh, I was holding my daughter. I was outside. The, the breeze was blowing. It was like beautiful day. And, uh, and, and as I was hearing it, I was just looking around and I was worshiping God in, in my soul in a deeper way than I have. Than I have in a long time while being in corporate worship. And maybe that was amplified because I haven't necessarily been in corporate worship for a while because of coronavirus and all this craziness we're living in. Um, but in that moment, I was worshiping God in a, in a very real way in my mind and in my heart. And I was, uh, I was talking to him and I heard this Pink Floyd lyric of, so you think you can tell heaven from hell? And I was thinking about you know, this, like, you take the bite of an apple, Genesis 1 or 2, um, and you're going to have the knowledge of of uh, life and death, the knowledge of, um, the yes, knowledge of good and evil. So, I was thinking about, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about that, so you think you can tell heaven from hell. And I was just looking around, and in that moment, my answer was, absolutely. Like, this moment, this moment is of heaven on earth. You know, this moment is like a moment in the kingdom of God where I'm looking around and I'm seeing the beauty of all the things that God has created. I'm seeing the wonder of, of my, my child being just loving life, you know, and I'm listening to this podcast, listening to Pink Floyd lyric being played over a piano and, and connecting with God in a unique way. So I learned a lesson about worship in a deeper way in that moment of like, doesn't always have to be the, the words are on the screen and it's this, it's this one thing, but I was just worshiping in a real way. And I know that I already knew that, but, but that's an example where it's just like little stuff like that pops up often in my life in the last nine months. And I look back like later that day and I'm like, Whoa, that was, I knew that, but I know it better now, you know? So that's the overall season I'm in. I think one, two, like, it's it's reading scripture and it having a deeper, more meaningful meaning um, of something that we've read a thousand times. So let's just use kind of the verses that that Stuart used uh, of John fifteen, um, which is you know you if you remain in me and I in you, um you'll bear much fruit and you know, I'm going to prune away th- like those verses. Um, like oftentimes I read those verses at my performance right. 
Cause it's, if you love me, you'll be my commands. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's how I always view this thing. So it's just, it's more of, if I do more good, uh, then I, then Jesus is going to love me more and I'm remaining in the vine. Um, but now, now I read it and I said, no, no, remaining in the vine is just relationship. Like I'm going to dig into relationship with, with God, just like I would dig into relationship with, with you or with Stuart. I'm like, this is, I'm just going to dig into relationships. So I'm going to invest time here. I'm going to have conversation here. I'm going to be vulnerable and honest here. I'm in this place. So I can expose myself to the creator of the universe and remain in him. And as that happens, as yeah. I remain in him and I start to see the fruit of that, um, yeah, you're going to see less sin in my life. Um, now, I'm a new creation that still sins, and you're going to continue to see that, but I'm going to continue to mature, uh, and things are going to start to, to make more sense, like remaining in him isn't about performance. It's about relationship. So if I do, like, it's just those little things of like, um, verses yeah. that we've read a thousand times, that you're like, holy crap, that's what Jesus meant by that. And there's plenty of verses, there's just one that kind of came to mind, um, that if we really lean into these things, you're like, oh man, this is what this is what Jesus meant by that. Like there's depth of this and like, we miss it all the time. It's the same of the old covenant, right? Like Jesus goes to the religious leaders and says, like, yeah. you missed the point. Like it wasn't about this. It was about relationship. Uh, and you know, he has to re-explain everything. Uh, and they've kind of built their entire lives on these, these false narratives. Cause we thought it was up to us and has nothing to do with our performance. Hmm. To kind of piggyback on that. I think Andrew, since you kind of took a moment in the podcast to explain what your hope is um yeah that the podcast would kind of be able to yeah. do for listeners uh i don't know i've just my brain has just been there going wow there are um there are people on the other side of this conversation and so i think it's important for me <laughs> yeah to just say you know we've been talking about this faith versus performance and i think it's so easy to get hurt or to get cynical as a believer we've all experienced that and I don't yeah. want to pretend like there aren't barriers in the church to finding the gospel. Amen. And I want people to yeah. be able to hear that the goodness and sweetness of Christ is worth pushing in just a little bit more mm-hmm. for. Yeah. And if you have cynicism, um, point it towards the performance. Don't point it towards the God who sent his son. Amen. To give his life for you, Amen. because there's nothing worth being cynical about in that category. And and just thinking about this concept, it really hit me, just this idea of like, you can be hurt, you can be confused, um, and the, the only good place to go to that is the safest place, which is the grace of Christ. And so, even just hearing about how these verses become sweeter, um, in some ways, we've created, we've created barriers. Yep. to the gospel. Yeah. Um, and I'm still jumping over the hurdle yeah. almost every day. And so don't be yeah. afraid to, um, you know, if somebody looks at you and says, you know, the grace of Christ is great, but blank, um, you have the, the right and the privilege to look at them and go, that's just not true. Um, and be respectful. And lean into Christ, but um, and say it in love. Yeah, and say it absolutely in love, and just it's just this idea that like that person needs Jesus. So um, yeah. it's really easy to get beat up by the people who seem like they're doing it better than you are. Yeah. But man, those yeah. we're all in the same boat. Christ didn't come mm-hmm. to save a group of people one way and another group of people another way. Yeah. So I just think that's important right. to mention. No, that's good. That's really good. I think we definitely need to, yeah. those listening to hear it, but we need to hear it as well. Um, it's like, it gets so convoluted so quickly when we get hurt. Um, like we put that onto God or we put that on, uh, I'm never going to open myself up again. Um, and you're going to get hurt. That's just the reality of it. Living this Jesus life, yeah. um, living inside of the gospel, you're going to get hurt. People are going to hurt you. Um, but it doesn't mean we should stop doing it. And I think this is why Jesus and, yeah. and you know, even Paul and, and Peter in the epistles, like they talk so much about unity. This is why it was so important because we keep 
You know, he looked yeah. and said, you're going to hurt each other. It's going to happen. Uh, but you've got to commit to this thing. You've got to dig in. Like you've got to say, we're yeah. committed 100%. I'm all in. Even if I get hurt, I'm going to keep going down this road of, of true relationship, uh, true love for one another um, and dig into those things. But no, Stewie, that was really good. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> yeah. Love you, man. Love yeah, it was. Like, Stuart, I, uh, Almost two, man. Uh, me did. I almost you did two. Uh, my <laughs> I did two. I tweeted, dude. Okay, when you say <laughs> I say tooty booty way more in this phase of my life than I ever have. When Catherine has a super large loud fart and it's just <laughs> like, oh, you got a tooty booty, huh? And she laughs. Um, my but, son, all uh, of his rear digress. end, his booty back. Let <laughs> me shake my booty back. So shake my booty back. That's awesome. No, man. I, uh, Stuart, I'm encouraged just hearing you say mm-hmm. that, um, uh, because yeah, man, that's my heart is I, f- I feel like there's so many people who grew up in the church, uh, grew up, uh, around the church, uh, or just, even served in ministry for a while that uh, that are now just really far from it and really burned by yeah. it. And I just feel like we're we're losing people left and right that could be taking ground for the kingdom of God in really good ways and in really normal ways in jobs and finance and jobs and hotels and jobs and airports, whatever jobs that aren't necessarily ministry. I feel like we have lost so many people uh, that that we've burned them out by the way that we uh, believers have behaved inside of churches yeah. that, uh, that it hurts me. It makes me feel like mm. if we just, why don't we just try, why don't we use our platform a little bit to try to encourage those who are at the edge of burnout at the edge mm. of saying like, I'm done with this thing. You know, I haven't heard from God in months. Well, maybe you have, you probably have, maybe you just ignored it. Maybe you didn't know it was God talking in that moment. Um, so I just, I don't know. I, I want to encourage people who are at the edge of just walking away to just give it a real shot um, and give Jesus a shot. Because what you said about God's grace, about the grace of Jesus, man, that is so true. And it's so good. And I need to hear mm-hmm. that more often. Yeah. You know, even though I'm, I'm living this Jesus life, I need to be reminded of this yeah. stuff. So if nothing else, and I think like, this episode has achieved that for me. Yeah, I so, think that's what we miss. I think that's why we harm so many people in our wake is we don't fully understand the grace that Jesus has shown us. So we don't show that grace to other people. Like we're really good at sticking to truth, right? I'm really good at drawing a line in the sand yeah. telling you when you've sinned and screwed up, but I'm not really good at loving you well inside of grace. Uh, so that just, when I don't, that just creates yeah. shame, right? That just creates more mass that people put on because now they don't feel like they're in a safe place. Going back to, to Stuart's comment to be who they really are. Uh, the good and the bad, the ugly, all, and everything in between. But when we start to live in the grace that Jesus has shown us, the compassion comes out of me at, at such a high level for other people that when they sin, it's not, what the heck's wrong with you? It's, man, I could be right there with you. How can I help you carry this? Yeah. How can we walk on this together? Um, and the same for me, right? Coming back, like when I'm living in the grace that Jesus showed me, I'm more open to people showing me grace as well um, when I've screwed up. So I can be my true self and be more honest with who I am. Um, so others can, can experience Jesus's grace. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, no, this is a great conversation, guys. I'm glad that we were able to do it. And at least for me, in person. Yeah. yeah, me too. And, uh, and Stuart, it's funny, Josh. You call him Stewie. I I always call you Stewie. Right um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think we should make this happen again. And uh, it doesn't have to be next week or whatever. I know you're just going to be traveling back mm-hmm. home. But um, I, without asking Josh about it, would love to invite you back into this discussion on sometime the show. soon. So I can't say no. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, you can edit it out if it's bad. I would, love to, I would um, love to be back. This would be really sweet. Yeah, Maybe the next yeah, time we do this, we can all be in person sitting across the table from each other. Oh, I was going to say, yes, maybe the next time we do I this, we could so. all be in different states. That's an option, too. I was just hoping to get face-to-face. <laughs> both. I want to I do both. But, uh, but yeah, man. Um, I don't know. My, my parting thought here is, uh, is I'm 
I'm glad we're all back. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've all been in the church, uh, for a while. We've all been trying to follow Jesus for a while. And, uh, and I'm just glad we're here. <laughs> I'm glad we're not somewhere else, uh, in this moment. I'm glad that, uh, Josh and Stuart, you guys are here. Um, I'm glad I'm here. And it's, it's not by my own effort. It's not by white knuckling anything. And I don't think either of you would say it is either. Um, uh, but it's by, just trying to show up and trying to understand the grace of God, trying to understand what it actually means to try to live like Jesus and giving myself a, a little bit of grace instead of just, uh, just punishment when I, when I don't live up to the standard I want to live up yeah. to. Um, so anyway, I'm glad we're here. <laughs> this conversation has been great. And for me. parting thoughts from my side. I, I think you listening are pretty darn good at the truth piece. I think you know what's right and you know what's wrong and you know when you do wrong and you know when other people do wrong. I think it's really important to focus on the grace piece since you got the truth piece down so well. So spend more time on that side of things. And if it's unbalanced for a season, I think that's 100% okay. I think living inside the grace that Jesus shown us, showing that same grace to those around us, uh, having great compassion and love for, for ourselves and for, for others, um, is going to have a massive impact on how you view this life and how you function inside of this life. And I think you can genuinely find the John 10, 10 life, the life to the full. Mm. Okay. Um, my parting thoughts would be that this episode was set up as a conversation uh, with friends. And man, I've been totally encouraged by sitting here with the two of you and just talking about Christ and so my encouragement to you guys would be, if you didn't get anything out of us having a conversation, please go have some, have these conversations about Christ with other people who know and love Christ um, to kind of get into the meta a little bit. We've done this, we've been blessed, and we can tell God is here. Um, and this is part of how it happens. So my parting thought is get out there. If you have to make a podcast episode to do it and never release it or release it, it's worth it. Amen. That's good. Hey, if you just right. stumbled upon us, um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you subscribe to us, we're on all the big platforms. If you have the platform, we're probably on it. Uh, if it has the opportunity to rate us, please rate us only if it's going to be a five. Uh, if you think like, we're just right. mediocre, only. not that good, just unsubscribe from us and never think about us again. That helps us. Out. Yeah, exactly. You can rate it less if it's because of the edit. <laughs> please don't rate us less. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I take that back. I'll edit this out. <laughs> It's all good. Hey, we love you guys. We pray for you guys every time we get onto this show. And we think about you guys always. But thank you so much for listening. And as always, my friend, it's good to see you. And Stewie. Thanks for having me on. Sorry. Stuart. It was good. It was good to see you both. Thanks for doing this. This was awesome. We'll do it again, uh, maybe in different states and maybe in person as well. Thanks for listening, people. (laughs) 